Galatians 5.25-6.10 through 6, 10 from the Common English Bible. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit. Let's not become arrogant and make each other angry or be jealous of each other. Brothers and sisters, if a person is caught doing something wrong, you who are spiritual should restore someone like this with a spirit of gentleness. Watch out for yourselves so you won't be tempted to carry each other's burdens and so you, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are important when they aren't, they are fooling themselves. Each person should test their own work and be happy with doing a good job and not compare themselves with others. Each person will have or will have to carry their own load. Those who are taught the word should share all good things with their teacher. Make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. Those who plant only for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness. But those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then, let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. This is the final week of our study of Paul's letter to the Galatians. The subject of this whole letter has been a conversation about freedom. Paul wants the Galatians to understand that Jesus has set them free from slavery to rules-based religion. Instead of trying to conform yourself to some kind of external legal code, to be a Christian is to be released into a wide open world of freedom and to choose to use that freedom to match your steps with the living spirit of Christ. For anyone who's ever felt crushed by the weight of rule-driven Christianity, this is really good news. But freedom also isn't for the faint of heart. Uh, Rules might be heavy and inflexible, but at least they're mostly clear. Uh, Following the Spirit through an open world, on the other hand, it's a riskier way of operating. Navigating in freedom requires utilizing a full range of senses that aren't always perfectly reliable. Sometimes we hit a densely wooded area of life where all sorts of things are happening at once and the line of sight isn't clear. We can be fully convinced that we're following the spirit due north when in fact we're plowing through the bushes straight east. This is why Christian freedom operates best with a kind of buddy system where we accept responsibility for helping each other make it through the woods. The real trick, I think, is figuring out how to help each other constructively. Many of us are all too familiar with the kind of throwdown fight that can result when two Christians are pointing in opposite directions at the same time. Maybe you're in a relationship with another Christian right now who you're pretty sure is reading their compass wrong. How do we help each other navigate true north as Christians? Well, Paul says this in Galatians 6.1. Brothers and sisters, if a person is caught doing something wrong, you who are spiritual should restore someone like this with a spirit of gentleness. Gentleness is not a virtue valued much in modern American culture. Uh, We tend to associate it with weakness or or even with moral compromise. Interestingly, it wasn't a virtue that was valued much in Paul's day either. 
And yet, this quality of gentleness or meekness is one of the attributes most closely associated with Jesus in early Christianity. Matthew describes Jesus by quoting a prophecy from Isaiah. A a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Uh, I think one of the reasons why our attempts at restoring each other often go wrong is that we miss something Jesus understood about the human condition. The majority of people are a smoldering wick the majority of the time. We all want to feel lovable, valuable, just okay. But most people, even the people who seem to us brash and confident, are guarding a sense of worth that's flickering and fragile. This is why when a voice comes along and suggests we might be headed the wrong way, we often panic and lash out and double down. It's a defense mechanism by people who fear deep down that we are easily extinguishable. It's remarkable to me that Jesus often corrected people, uh, calling them to new ways of seeing and being. But very few ordinary people were truly threatened by him. Uh, Jesus was known as a friend of sinners, as somebody who sought out people who were reading their maps wrong, who, who sat at their tables and showed them affection even before they changed direction. He tended their flickering flame, even as he offered correction. Ironically, it was this gentle, affection-first approach that seemed to give people the security to really change. Gentleness, biblically speaking, isn't the opposite of speaking the truth with power. But gentleness is power under control. It's power that's aware of the true condition of other people's flames. It's power that has been carefully shaped and applied for healing and restoration rather than destruction. Paul goes on to say in the second half of verse 1, watch out for yourselves so that you won't be tempted too. Well, tempted to what exactly? Uh, One possibility of what Paul has in mind here is that we'll be tempted to fall into the same sin as the people we're correcting. Uh, We all know stories of preachers who railed from the pulpit for years against sexual immorality and then are caught up in some huge national scandal. Every time this happens in the headlines, I shake my head and think, how is that level of hypocrisy even possible? But honestly, spiritual teachers have always observed that the sins we despise most in other people are often the ones we are the most prone to ourselves. For example, some of us spend a lot of time judging people for being so judgmental. Some of us are currently roiling with anger at other people for being so angry. One of the most perplexing things about hypocrisy is how easy it is to observe in other people and how hard it is to notice in ourselves. Just as a basic rule of thumb, if something really rubs you wrong, 
It's a good idea to begin by closely examining that same area in your own life. Now, really ask yourself seriously, why does this in particular get under my skin? Is there any evidence that I'm tempted to similar behavior? Be aware that self-deception runs deep. Recognizing your own struggle with temptation doesn't mean you don't address a real wrong in someone else, but it does help you posture yourself in that conversation with more humility and awareness of your own weakness. And it helps make sure that what you say is really modulated to the other person's need and not infused with a kind of harshness and judgmentalism that are really more about the struggle you're having with yourself. Um, Paul writes in verse 2, Carry each other's burdens, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, Normally when we think about carrying other people's burdens, we tend to think about financial sharing or helping somebody out in a difficult time. But here at the end of Galatians, Paul is still talking about learning to stay in step with the Spirit. And the burden that he seems to have in mind here is the burden of other people's sins and missteps as they learn how to use their freedom. I talk to people all the time who've walked away from the church because they're frustrated. Other Christians have hurt them or let them down. Leaders have failed them or been hypocrites. They decide it would be easier to live their Christian faith apart from other Christians. I get it. Really, I do. In many ways, it is easier to practice faith outside the church, where you'll never be subject to other people's errors. Honestly, you might even get through the woods faster without having to argue with anyone else about whether they're holding their map upside down. Living in community is always costly. Other people will struggle and make mistakes. You'll experience pain and frustration that you simply wouldn't feel if you'd stuck with it all alone. But here's the thing. Paul says that this is actually how Christ's law of love is fulfilled, in our willingness to bear the cost of staying in relationship. Our willingness to bear the cost of each other's sins and failures and mistakes. Bearing each other's sins fulfills the law of love, and the law of love is what Jesus is about. Christian faith might be easier alone, but that's because all we're practicing is a small, anemic version of it. Bearing each other's sins and failures is core to what Christian faith really is. We are followers of Jesus who went to the cross to bear the sins of everyone. Paul goes on in verses 3 and 4 to say this, If anyone thinks they're important when they aren't, they're fooling themselves. Each person should test their own work and be happy with doing a good job and not compare themselves with others. Well, what does this have to do with a conversation about correction and restoration? Paul's point here is that even as we help other people find their way, 
We should be wary of developing an inflated sense of our own virtue or sense of direction. I want to say something here that might be somewhat controversial in the current climate of social media. The ability to point out and correct someone else's mistakes is not the same thing as possessing personal character ourselves. The biggest danger with helping other people find their bearing in the woods is that we can start getting overconfident about our own position. We start thinking, well, if I could help them out, I must be the one who's truly enlightened. Or or we start reassuring ourselves with comparisons. I might not be perfect, but at least I'm not that. This attitude of, at least I'm not like those guys over there, is one of the things that Jesus explicitly calls out in his ministry as spiritually toxic. That kind of arrogance impedes our own development and growth. It also damages our relationships with others. And it prevents us from entering into a real, honest connection with God. Here's the thing we need to really try to wrap our heads around. Comparisons are completely irrelevant to the spiritual life. God is never going to ask, were you better than average? Or were you in the 90th percentile? The only question that God cares about is, were you Christ's? This act of correcting and restoring each other, this is a gift we're giving each other as we all try to find our way through the woods. We have a better chance of finding our way together than apart. But there's no room for one-upsmanship or gaining position on each other. There's no room for inflating our ego at somebody else's expense. This is why Paul says in verse 5, each person will have to carry their own load. What he's referring to here is God's judgment. Right now, we each carry each other's burdens. We bear each other's mistakes and failures because we're helping each other learn. We offer this to each other in community as a gift, understanding that each of us will ultimately have to give an account of ourselves. This is the end point that we all share. So why not help each other along the way as brothers and sisters who are facing the same challenge? We don't need to be each other's judge or jury. We're not responsible for forcing each other into compliance. What we are doing is sharing our insights as we all are in the same process of learning what it looks like to navigate the world in the freedom of God's spirit. My prayer for you this week is that God would make you both generous and gentle with your insights for the love of other people. I also pray that God would bless you with wise counselors of your own and with the humility to actually be guided by them. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that you have not sent us out on this journey of freedom all by ourselves. 
because we're all too aware of how many times we've read our map upside down before. Every one of us are fallible. We've missed huge important things. We so desperately need each other to find our way forward. Lord, we pray that you would give us the courage to share that the insights you've given us, that you would show us what, what brothers and sisters we can give a hand up to, we can help um, nudge and guide a bit so that their path is, is safe and whole. And we pray that you would also give us the wisdom, the grace to receive these gifts from others the gifts of insights we need to find our steps. Lead us by the power of your spirit to live in our freedom in ways that heal and bless and make whole. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.